Welcome to Tech Takeaways, the podcast taking technology's largest challenges and jumping them down into small little bite-sized chunks. I'm your co-host, Jason Fitzgerald, and I'm joined as ever by my dynamic co-hosts, Wayne Miller. Hi. And Paul Stringfellow. Hi. So this episode is around cloud optimization. So guys, what what what, what are we well, talking about? Well, I've sat in a couple of readbacks from cloud optimization recently. Um and I didn't really understand a lot of what was read back. So I thought it'd be a great episode okay. for us to talk about it. So th- this all came about from um, organizations who've got Azure. We've got some software that looks at the Azure tenancy and will give them some optimization information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it kind of does what it says on the tin. Uh, it's for the cloud and it's about making sure you're using cloud correctly. You know, and I think lots of us are aware that you, particularly when we talk about Azure. So, you know, for, for, for those listening and watching, separate this out from software as a service. This is not about Microsoft 365. This is more about we're using Azure, we're using AWS, we're using Google Cloud, uh, Google Compute, GCP. You know, so, we, so we're using those kind of things. And if we, if we just move into those platforms without proper consideration we can create ourselves a bunch of problems. And I think there's two areas, you know, you're talking about these optimization reports, you know, it's not the only way to find this information out, but they're, they're useful reports to give you a snapshot view of what does my cloud usage look like? And, and really there's two things that come out of it. One is that we can look at the security posture of that cloud infrastructure um, inside of Azure in this case, um, but we can also look at the way that those resources are costing, you know, so, so, Every resource we run in the cloud got a cost associated with it. We run a virtual machine, it costs us. We run a virtual machine all the time, that bill continues to get bigger. And often we will leap into cloud with maybe two common, well, certainly a set of common mistakes. And some of those common mistakes tend to be just put it in the cloud and it'll all be, it'll all be fine after that. And Won't it? Uh, we'll come to that. <laughs> and we'll put it in the cloud and the cloud's dead, they're cheap. Because actually, you look at the headline figure, running a virtual machine cost me a pound an hour. Yeah, well, that's not very much, is it? Well, it is when we run it 24 hours a day. Because a pound an hour suddenly becomes 24 pound a day, suddenly becomes a couple of hundred pound a week, suddenly becomes thousands of pounds a year. And then we start to think, oh, heck, you know, actually buying a server uh, over a three-year three, three life cycle is only a third of the cost of taking that in the cloud. And often that's because we've just taken what we did on-prem and just shoved it in the cloud and not really thought about it either from a security perspective or from a cost perspective. So, you know, that's that's kind of the areas that that people need to think about. You know, Jason, I mean, is there anything that you've you've seen in addition to that? Yeah, I think that the ease of uh, deployment with cloud um, compounds this, this issue um, because it's so easy to just spin up a new VM to do whatever it is. And that VM is essentially a throwaway VM from the off, but then it becomes more and more ingrained into the business. And before we know it, it's actually in production. Um, I, th- I think that's that's part of, part of the issue, the ease of access to, to, to adding to the cost. I think the transparency of cost as well is is probably quite quite an issue in that, as you said, you know, on, on the face of it, it looks like a fraction of, of a penny to run a virtual machine, but then what about the storage associated to that? That carries an additional cost. The bandwidth, that carries an additional cost. If we're doing any kind of snapshotting of the machine, that carries an additional cost. And realizing what those costs look like and being able to predict them and forecast them is is really difficult to do. 
Um, if we look at the reports that, that, that we run, typically we run them over a period of uh, three to four weeks. And what that will do is it will run automatically against the environment to inventory everything that is running, but also its utilization as well. So it'll identify things like this virtual machine is sized to be 32 gig of RAM, but in reality, it could be a 16 gig of RAM, half in your cost, or maybe not half in, but saving your significant cost savings there, and um, and, and doing it that way instead. So it, it'll, it'll make predictions and metrics based on what, what it sees over that period of time. And, and often what we see is, if you were to take some recommendations, say for example, reserved instance. So um, Azure has got a, uh, and, and, and AWS and Google have got this as well. Reserved instance is the idea that you you know you're going to pay for that resource for a year or two years or three years. So I'm going to commit to it upfront as opposed to a pay-as-you-go model. Doing that could save up to 40% and, and, and this will make recommendations on that. Yeah, I think you made a really good point as well about kind of the, it's not just looking necessarily at the cost of running a service. So, you know, if I run this VM and it turns out to, you know, it, co- it cost me this much. Yeah. So I could run a smaller VM because actually I'm not using resource. I think that's an important thing. But I think another important thing, and, and you can see this in, you know, there's all kinds of tools that are available to this depending on the kind of information that you want. And, and maybe we'll, we'll come back to this uh, before we, we wrap up because I think there's some things that you can do before time. So rather than moving to the cloud and finding all this out later, there's some things that you can do that maybe drive this beforehand to get a better view. Because because one of those things that you can look at, one of the mistakes that I think, and I think companies are make this mistake much less now, but certainly one of the things that you can do is taking the way that we run services on-prem right now and just moving them as they are to the cloud is almost defeating the object a lot of the time because sometimes what you'll find is that if we took the time to re-architect the way that we use our application, we could be taking advantage of cloud-native capabilities that not only give us the ability to much better take advantage of the flexibility and scale of cloud, yeah. but also we'll probably do it an awful lot cheaper. If we take a database as an example, if I've got a big SQL database on-prem and I've decided that the right home for that is in the cloud, and maybe even I've done the resizing of my VM correctly, so I'm just using the resources that I should need, that will still be an awful lot more expensive than if I looked at that database and said, well, could I re-architect that as SQL as a database service, for example, or even re-architect that into a cloud-native database that runs a little bit differently, but will be more efficient for cloud, will scale, will be potentially cheaper to run? Because I've re-architected and it will be cheaper to run than an optimized VM inside the cloud. Because VMs in the cloud are actually quite an expensive resource for all the reasons you talked about, Jace. You know, it's not just the compute, there's the storage. If we're retaining yeah. snapshots, there's a the networking infrastructure that goes around it. Whereas actually with a number of these kind of cloud native services, then we can build those services. It takes some work to get there. You know, you've got to re-architect applications a lot of the time to move them there. But it, it, it's a big part of understanding why we're moving to cloud in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a great example of that is retail. Uh, if we look at uh, cloud used in retailers, they often use cloud uh, slightly differently. But if, if we take your example there of cloud native services versus how we would traditionally architect it with servers, for example, most retailers get busy around the back end of the year, you know, November, December, January sales. That's three months of the year where their transactions are done you know maybe 
you know, in, in some cases, 80% of transactions are done, you know, during those three months of the year. And so you need a system that can scale up quickly. Obviously, it's going to incur cost as it does, but then ramp back down at periods of low demand. So if we were to take a cloud native application that does that, well, that's great because there's a cost per transaction. So end, end user, so retailer makes a sale on their website, there's cost per transaction. And as that website gets busier, the service flexes up to maintain a performance. So you make sure that you, you're receiving all the orders because the service is, is guaranteed to do it. And then during end of January, February ramps back down, the cost per transaction is still there, but you're not paying it, paying for it for the rest of the year. The flip side of building that is you build something really big that is running 24 seven, 365 all year round. That costs, that costs in February, March, can't, April, can't when it's lower. Might, might be a daft question. Can't you scale, you know, if, if you were um, on top of your environment, can't you scale that pre-built environment down or is it not as easy as that? And it's that why these reports are a report. It's, right? not, okay. it, it's not as easy. So, so the reality yeah. is it's not as easy. If you take something yeah. like, so we're picking on databases, but if you take, and so, you know, I'm not, I don't want to pick on Microsoft SQL per se, but if you pick on SQL as a, because I'm going to do it. As a database, um, yeah. Yeah, but if yeah. you pick a SQL, SQL is not designed to automatically scale up and scale down. So as Jason said, you're going to build an architecture there that is relevant for the thing that you might need at worst case and you don't have the ability. So if I take a modern database, you know, a modern database has the ability to add more and more capability. And then when you finish with that, it will remove that capability. But because the database is designed to do that, then you can do it. But SQL isn't designed to do that. So I can't keep adding nodes into SQL for when it's really busy and then right, easily okay. take them out again. Yeah. You know, but actually, I wanted to ask you, you Wayne, in, in terms of, because you know, you mentioned that, that the inspiration for this episode came from these these kind of read-throughs on reports we've read. You know, what, what's been kind of the feedback from customers who've had them done? You know, what, what's been what's been the things that have come out? You know, have they seen the opportunity to save money? Savings. Um, cost savings have been a big one. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I'm more technically comfortable with some of the stuff, uh, some of the um, outputs that come into it. But I look at a cost saving and a security analysis. You know, cost savings. I think we've, um, on the, certainly on the last two, we've shown savings of about twenty four percent on average, um, and that was for a number of reasons which I can't explain. I think reserve instances was one of them. Yeah, um, and then there was there was kind of areas um, where they could uh, improve the. Was a secure score. Um, mm -hmm. There was areas that they could improve the secure score just on some recommendations. So for me, you know, we, we've done a lot of these on three six five, and we've we've identified areas where you know we can reduce costs, we can in, in improve security. This is exactly the same, but in Azure, um, you know, we've done quite a few of them now. But these are the, these are the first kind of big. Um, big savings that we've seen, you know, these are, you know, organizations where they've got 500 plus employees, um, you know, multiple different servers that have been in the cloud for maybe, you know, a year or so. Um, and, and costs just keep going that way. So, you know, this is, you know, in some cases is giving them an element of control or predictability. Uh, and then by keeping the software in place, they can keep the, um, they can predictably forecast to the business of what costs are going to be in the future. Yeah. And I think that's what's What's not available at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. being able to forecast is quite difficult natively, I think. Yeah, and I, and I think it's interesting, and I said we'd kind of come back to this earlier, that the that's not just a problem once you're in. 
it's actually a problem before you make the move as well. You know, we, I mean, we've had this conversation mm. with a number of customers, haven't we? You've come to us and said, oh, I want to move this thing to the cloud. And it doesn't really matter what this thing is, but I want to move this thing to the cloud. I mean, we've seen this with storage particularly. And can I put it in one of the hyperscalers? So that's a Google, an AWS, Microsoft. Can I put it there? And how much is that going to cost me? It's not quite as easy as saying, you know, I've got 50 terabytes of information. I want to put that in the cloud. It's not as easy as that because actually there's a whole bunch of other calculations that have to happen before you get some kind of idea of what that's going to look like. So we've so that that's a real challenge. And, you know, we've, we've worked with some other partners who can give us flat rates for doing that. And, and that's great. You know, help makes makes that process easier. But I think from a, you know, from a, a design point of view, so, so from a, a, a FinOps, you know, FinOps is the phrase that tends to get used, cloud FinOps for this, so financial operations. From a point of view of I've moved the stuff into the cloud, actually having a tool that can keep an eye on that storage cost or those services costs is great. But I think there's, there's also tools and processes out there that can allow us to look at that beforehand. And I think that's an equally important part of this, maybe even more important because it will allow you to have be have a more accurate prediction of what your costs are going yeah. to look like. So so I, I've spoken with a couple of, of service providers, you know, cloud providers, for example, cloud software providers who can do that, look at your current architecture on-prem and then help you from there to look at things like application dependencies, size of machines, and then map that to each of the cloud providers, the main cloud providers, or including you can put in your own data around a, a colo facility or keeping it on-prem, you know, as, a, as an interesting comparison. And then it's the ability to be able to look at that information, give you some idea of what the cost will look like in the main cloud providers, but also give you an idea of what it might look like if you were to re-architect. So instead of moving SQL as is onto a virtual machine, move SQL to SQL DB, move that database, re-architect it to something else. Because actually, because you've then got an idea of how all these things tie together, you can get a much more accurate representation of cost. That doesn't yeah. mean that you don't need to do the thing that we've talked about, which is keep an eye on this going forward. But it's a, it's a really complicated problem. And I think the ability to be able to get visibility of it either beforehand or once you've moved to the cloud it is essential. And Jace, you talked yeah. about at the start, it's it's quite hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and just touching on vis- visibility as well. I mean, we, we always say with cybersecurity, the more you can see, the better off you are. And the report that we run will highlight security issues as well. You know, we've we've seen over the past few years uh, GDPR data breaches because uh, storage um, buckets, so storage areas in cloud environments aren't secured in the way that they should be. This will highlight that. Um, you know, you've got data sitting in this in this environment, uh, we recommend that you reconfigure it slightly to make it more secure. It'll highlight all of that as well. So not only do you see, you know, cost savings, predictable cost measures, but it, it may highlight things that you weren't aware of that that may pose as a risk to the business, which is I, I feel quite important. Um, so if we just, um, well, I've got one last because okay. um, I'm always asked, how do we onboard? And not being a sysadmin or a techie, <laughs> I always yeah. defer it to you. So absolutely, yeah. So on onboarding is really simple. What we do is we provision the service. So it's a it's an automated service. There's nothing for the customer to deploy. What we do is we send over to the customer a hyperlink to the system admin. So the system admin needs to have access um, to be to be able to run this, to be able to pull the metrics out that we need to, to report. But essentially, we provide the link to the system admin. The system admin uh, can use that link while signed into the cloud platform to then 
set up the report to run. So then the report will run automatically and we come back to that roughly three weeks later with the full report, which is typically about 15 to 20 pages long with a whole host of metrics around cost savings and security recommendations. Brilliant. So fairly simple to get onboarded with that. Yeah. Yeah, great. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. If there's anything around cloud optimization that you'd like for us to take a look at, get in touch with us. Uh, we're available uh, online. Uh, just, just just search for Gardener Systems. And we hope that you've enjoyed this episode on the podcast. We're available everywhere you get podcasts and you can subscribe on YouTube as well.